You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Good morning, Gospel Hope, and welcome to another episode of the Reconciling Hope Podcast. And so today, uh, we're going to be jumping into John's Gospel, Chapter 12. Uh, Rod preached our second installment in our series called Reasons, plural, for the season. And we've been looking at this idea of why Jesus came. And so rather than just kind of speculate why he came, why not look right at the words of the Savior himself? So last week, uh, Jesus talked about that he came um, so that people could see, so that they could he could do the will of the Father, and that would be for people to have spiritual sight. And then this week, uh, Rod kind of elaborated that concept that Jesus came so that men would no longer walk in darkness, uh, but would have the light, and that's Jesus himself. So uh, we want to impact that, and I want to jump right in with this first question. Uh, Rod, you, you talked about this idea that mankind's default state is loving darkness. Yes. What does that mean? What does that mean when you say that man loves darkness? Yeah. So when the Bible speaks of this light and dark, it almost always is making some kind of, not a play, but a direct reference to God's holiness and our unholiness, our state of sinfulness or our fallenness. Hmm. Uh, And so when we talk about men loving darkness, um, you know, Jeremiah 17, 9 told us that, you know, our default setting is a purpose of people whose hearts are so wicked. Um, they're so desperately wicked that we don't even know the depths of our own depravity that only God can know. It's a rhetorical question. I think any person that's been on this earth and probably in maybe an adolescent, a child, or at least has, if you're a living adult, there's no doubt in your mind that you know that we all have a natural penchant. Uh, uh, there's a gravity to us that we are attracted to things that are um, not the best, mm-hmm. either unholy, unhealthy, or unhelpful to our lives. And we not only are, are drawn to them, but we we delight in them in, in many ways. And they bring us satisfaction and pleasure to some extent. And we can't deny that. And, and you know, Jesus shed some light on that tendency of, that we all recognize across humanity as being a people who love darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, during the during the message, one of the things that I try to be clear about is that man, some of the tendencies that Jesus is pointing out in our love for darkness aren't things that are just religious in their orientation. Like, if you're being an honest human being, we look around our world, and we're often left scratching our head, how can this person possibly do something like that? Uh, and then we are often left looking at ourselves in the mirror going, why did I do that? Well, that's that that drawing of that love for darkness, things that don't make sense even to us sometimes, but we still have a tendency to do them, whether it be over and over again, or this one cap, you know, cosmic splash in our lives that we, we, we have a regret, wish we had never done that. Mm. But we're drawn toward things that are unholy, unhelpful, and un, um, and that are un, unholy, unhelpful, and I can't remember the, 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 the other one. But anyway. <laughs> sure it was uh, alliterated right (laughs) oh unhealthy yes unhealthy okay okay unholy unhealthy unhelpful write that down folks write that down um so you know we're we're always trying to um 
connect what we're saying from the timeless truths of God's word to kind of like a timely message for God's people. And um, yeah. one, one of the things that, um, you know, you talked about that, that's true in our culture today is, is that people are often seeking approval. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to find it in all kinds of different ways that is, that is not God. So, you know, to borrow the lyrics from the old song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, where do you think people are often trying to find acceptance and approval in our culture today? Uh, great question. Well, uh, you know, in the message, I pointed out that if, uh, if that wasn't big business, Mark Zuckerberg wouldn't be a billionaire. So, you know, one of the ground zero is we seek it from the public. We seek it from uh, as broad a social circle as we can possibly find it. Um, we want approval. Um, I, so I think today, um, social media is an undeniable place where we're looking for some levels of approval. Uh, I think the other part is we're looking for approval in our work. All of us, I think, because I, 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 I it's, it's, it's not ennoble, but we want to know that we are doing impactful things in this world. And so we often hold up things that we've accomplished and we want somebody to go, you know what, that was a good job. That was great work. That was good. That was good. That's just that's just a part of who we are, and I believe we're wired for that, um, as mentioned in the message. And God wants to ultimately fulfill that. But I believe that today it is through social media in our social circles, and um, through people that we view to be um, not supreme, but but um, people who whose opinions we enjoy, we want their approval. You know. Uh, I would say in the days of when we were all working inside of offices, we would want it from our bosses and our coworkers. But at this point, um, uh, we don't spend a lot of time around them, or at least we do virtually. But I still think that 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 draw is the same. We we want public uh, we want public affirmation. Um, we want to be noted as being with the times, uh, aligned with the topics. We want to be in step with the current um, um, uh, whatever the mode of thinking is, you know, of the day. Uh, whatever the, the the movement that seems to have the most momentum, we want to be in step with that in many in many ways, and uh, so it becomes difficult to have opinions that are different from mainstream. But uh, so I, so I think there is just a we, we see it today and just this desire for society to see everyone kind of think the same because that translates to okay I'm approved the culture approves of me. It's almost mm. like a, we want the approval of this invisible hand. It's not a singular individual as much as it is this mass agreement that lets me know that I'm affirmed, that I'm, I am, um, I'm, I'm, I'm lockstep with the time. Mm. So, you know, very, very much related to those first two questions is how does Jesus solve this problem for us? How does Jesus address the problem of our bend towards yeah. darkness and our approval seeking, our, our need for affirmation as it were. I think Jesus does it in much the same way. He does something as simple as turning on the light switch. Um, you, you, you know those, uh, um, or shedding real, shedding light on the issue so we see the truth. You've seen these maybe commercials or these crime shows where they go in with some kind of special ultraviolet lamp in a hotel room and it's supposed to all of the icky, dirty, wrong things that are all over the sheets of the room. You, you've seen those? I mm -hmm. believe that the light does that. 
it leaves everything exposed. And when we see things in their truest light, we're like, oh my goodness, this isn't as good as I thought it was. Or I'm seeing things that I didn't see before. Or like the getting a dish out of the dishwasher and you hold it up in front of the, you're like, oh my goodness, I, I, I ran the dishwasher, but this isn't clean. Like mm-hmm. Jesus just put things in their truest light so that stuff that we previously did not see becomes crystal clear. And it becomes mm-hmm. crystal clear in a way that we go, ah, wow, that really is not ideal. That that mm-hmm. isn't that isn't God's best. That isn't my, that isn't even my best. I don't want that. So that's what mm-hmm. Jesus does. I think through His Word, He illuminates um, He illuminates the standard of God, and He illuminates how different we are from the standard of God. And I mm-hmm. think that. By God's grace, it convicts us and it helps us to see, like, man, we really are missing the mark. Yeah. Yeah, in a sense, like, that whole analogy of Jesus being the light is that Jesus didn't – Jesus is coming to reveal what's already there in one sense. Like, uh, you pointed out in the message that Jesus gives us a sense of self-awareness. Like, when you really see the Savior, you see yourself more clearly. You see your sin more Mm -hmm. clearly. And you see him more clearly. He he is the light of the world, which means the world was what it is, but right. we just couldn't see it. We have a problem of, of lack of vision. Uh, man, it's a powerful analogy. So many of the metaphors of scripture are so um, rich, and, and particularly if you kind of get back into that Near Eastern world where electricity and, and lights were not so common – Jesus being the light um, would have had a very powerful, powerful, um, uh, it's just a powerful image in that culture. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rod, we talk about growing in the gospel as a family while on mission, our relationship with God, our relationship with other believers, and our relationship with the world. As you were preparing and preaching this sermon, which one of those relationships were was most on your heart and mind? Our relationship with God. You know, just the... Uh... You know, the need, when I think about my life, not only my conversion, right, what must have happened, the Jesus revealing life, and man, you, you aren't, um, you aren't good enough, so to speak, to get into heaven, and you can't be good enough in your own strength. Uh, my relationship with God is revealed there. My ongoing relationship with God, my need to be in his word devotionally, so that his light is regularly being just kind of shining in my heart and exposing some of the deep corridors where I'm holding on to things that don't honor him. And I need mm. that light that day. So I'm thinking about my relationship with the Lord uh, mm. almost almost exclusively throughout this message. Mm. Amen. Yeah. And then finally, um, how does this passage um, display the reconciling hope of the gospel? Well, um, I think this passage, Jesus said something very powerful. He says, um, you know, when you see me, you're not seeing me, you're seeing him who sent me. When you believe in me, you're not just believing in me, you're believing in the one who sent me. Um, when you don't believe my words, you're judged, but not because I'm judging you. I didn't come to judge, I came to save. Um, the fact that Jesus in this seemingly bad news points out the fact that this light is being revealed, not to blind us like, oh my gosh, God, you're too much. It's this light shown to invite us into his marvelous light, right? And to show the stark contrast between him and us 
so that we would be drawn to say, well, what must we do? What must mm. we do? And be baptized. That's what we need to do in light mm. of this contrast between us and him. You know, mm. as is revealed in First John chapter one, you know, you know, verses, you know, five and, and, and five through nine, there, when he gives us the whole walkthrough that, hey, this is the message that we have heard of him. He is light there in him. There's absolutely no darkness. And mm. if we say we're in the light, but we're walking in darkness, we're lying. And then he advances that conversation with hope by saying, however, if you'll agree, if you'll confess, if you'll repent, the Lord will both forgive, uh, he'll show his righteousness, he'll show his justice, and he'll show his forgiveness. And I think that's the telling hope of the message is that Jesus reveals this light, not to stagger us, but to actually draw us in to him. That's what the, the revelation is about. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Rod, for sharing today and yesterday, uh, and I guess Wednesday, because we, or Wednesday or Thursday, because we recorded as well. Um, yeah. We're going to wrap up the series this coming Sunday uh, with this idea that, that Jesus is our shepherd who came that we would have abundant life. And uh, Lord willing, this is going to be a timely reminder as we move into a new year, lots of resolutions, lots of uh, ideas and plans for the future, uh, but how can we really walk in the abundant life that Jesus came to give us? So, man, excited to conclude this series and conclude what has been a challenging year. So, uh, Lord willing, 2021, uh, the Lord will continue to guide us uh, and give us his grace. Uh, really excited about the uh, global missions offering. Those of you that have already contributed, we've already hit our goal if you want to continue to give to that, you can uh, just designate online or through a check to Global Missions Offering, and we'll make sure that goes to help us take the gospel further. Hey, excited about what the Lord's doing. Rod, thanks for a great year of uh, ministering and serving together and looking forward to 2021. Same here. Thank you. All right. Signing off, Gospel Hope. See you next year. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.